The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the splish and splash of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who ensures all of your water activities are a good time. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I'm glad you didn't say all of your water sports are a good time because that would be totally different. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring That's to, okay. Josh. This somebody, is a family-friendly podcast. Somebody, okay. So, I was going to say somebody knows. Uh, yeah, Splish Splash. Two weeks ago, I was at a Super Soaker cookout, so I'm the pro and the expert on this now. So. That's excellent. It, it's starting <laughs> to heat up here in ye old state of Iowa. How are things on the East Coast? Oh, I mean, if you know anything about the East Coast, it probably won't surprise you that we had one day where it was 80 and then the next day it was 50. So, you know, normal. <laughs> we've had we've had uh, one, I would consider, hot day for the season. Okay. And then maybe three com- comfortable, nice, sunny, enjoyable days. And then, you know, the rest is like... Who knows what? Right. Like, you don't know what you're expecting, but that's just, you know, I'm just kind of happy that the allergy stuff has, for the most part, subsided here. We went through a month where everyone was just destroyed by allergies. Everyone was sick at the same time, and you know, we had a really bad start to the to the spring season here. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it was awful. So I'm glad that that's over, uh, it seems, for the most part. Yeah, we have, uh, I think, wrapped up for the most part our quote-unquote rainy season from usually mid-ish November to early June. It just rains pretty regularly, you know, three, four, five, sometimes days a week. It is raining, and I think we have turned the corner on that. And while I enjoy that to a degree because rain is not my favorite thing in the world, I I feel very sad because right now, this is pretty much the best my lawn is going to look <laughs> and the best that all of my garden beds are going to look because it's humid. It's yeah. gotten warm or in the you know low 80s, which for us is warm. And they're plenty watered right now at zero cost to me. So, yeah. you know, watering moving forward will be just so that, you know, got to keep up with the Joneses next door, but no more than I have to because I don't want to spend the money. Are you guys mostly in flatland, or you guys have hilly, hilly stuff? We like, are pretty flat. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Regionally. It's not quite as flat <laughs> as when I lived in North Dakota, but it's pretty flat. Okay. Yeah, we're we're all hills here, so everything is different from from weather to uh, everything else. So. I get the idea of where you are. Like I've been to Arizona, so I know what flatland looks like. It's probably <laughs> the first time I've ever been somewhere that I've seen so much land in just 
like looking in one direction. So it wasn't obstructed by some hill <laughs> or pesky yeah. hills. So it was very odd, but um, yeah. So we don't get that. Like literally, we were driving home from somewhere. And we turned a corner and it had downpoured at some point before mm -hmm. we got to where we were, but it was dry 10 feet from behind <laughs> us. And we didn't see rain clouds or nothing in the sky. Right. So like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine that. I, I do miss, you know, Northern Minnesota that is a little more, not super hilly, but has some hills and has a lot of trees and narrow tree lined roads and all of those beautiful things that I love very much here. I get, wide flat cornfield <laughs> lined roads so i mean i can hey, appreciate that corn's important they tell me some say it's also really way over more we put more importance on it than we should but in it's iowa in every food you ever eat so i don't know that we put too much importance into it <laughs> i think the question should be should it be in basically it shouldn't every food be. We ever eat? <laughs> so oh corn that's so cool so anyway <laughs> yeah hey should we get on to not talking, I was going to start to go down a huge road of like farm subsidies and things like that, but I suppose that's probably not the best road for us I'm to sure go down I'm sure people don't right want now. us to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think right. so. So we'll move on and we'll talk about games. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome things Josh is posting over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. As stated at the top of the show, we are a proud part of the PSVG network, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen, and maybe share our podcast with someone else who you think might enjoy what we do. And we are also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we'd encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So, Josh, we are rolling into you know some of the bigger conventions that we're going to see E3 and Origins basically right on top of one another. Yes. So this week, probably really no topic of the show. It's just going to be all of the news that is setting us up for what to expect and maybe what not to expect at these big shows coming up. So in the board game world, Josh, what has been going on, sir? Well, I mean, I guess we'll start with the, the quasi board game news. Um, just as Kyle mentioned that we're part of the Dice Tower Network, this comes straight from Dice Tower News, which I think most of our stories are coming from. Uh, this is uh, Starcadia Quest comic miniseries announced by IDW Publishing. Uh, so those, uh, as from the site, those uh, anxiously awaiting the successful Kickstarter funded Starcadia Quest, which if you can't picture that, this is like the, um, the chibi looking games. They're like dungeon crawls, um, super dungeon explorer and all these kind of games. And if you don't know what chibi is, um, Google it. Uh, C-H-I-B-I. Okay, uh, before you continue on, yes. is it chibi or is it chibi? It, potato, potato. Okay, just I didn't know if I've been saying it wrong my entire life. Well, it's okay. It's probably, I believe it's, well, I'm not going to try, I don't know, who knows? I was told <laughs> chibi. It's probably chibi, who knows? Um, uh, this is um, from Come On, um, and yeah, I mean, IDW is publishing a three-issue comic miniseries. 
uh, by James Roberts, who is the author of Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye, and Lost Light, or Last Light? No, Lost Light. Uh, so the miniseries is going to take readers along with Starkid and his freelance adventuring crew deep into the frontier. According to the writer, uh, there's lots of world building, lots of emotions and shocks, but ultimately the story carries itself forward on a wave of old-fashioned heroics. Uh, yeah, so uh, each issue of Starcadia Quest will also include uh, an exclusive playable game content uh, as, w- as a way for the readers of the miniseries to incorporate elements of the comic storyline into their tabletop gameplay. Kyle, have you played any of the games in this like universe, I'll call it? I have not. This is one of those sets of games that every time I go to my friendly local game store, I look at and say, I really, really should play these. And then I look at the price and I say, maybe next time I will play <laughs> these. But from everything I hear is that they are excellent. And they have yes, a pets they, expansion. They have a pets expansion. They are also expensive, though. I'll agree with you on that. Okay, next up, news. Uh, Once again, from DiceTowerNews.com. Asmodee launches GameGenic, uh, Ingenious Supplies. Uh, So Asmodee announced they're launching this company. Um, uh, They declared its mission to be delivering, quote, amazing accessories that protect, support, and enrich players' experiences. Uh, GameGenic is going to be headed by Adrian Alonso, uh, the man behind the Ultimate Guard products. Now, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Fantasy Flight, are they getting out of the game accessory business? That's what I'm not certain about and what I was going to ask you. Does this mean that, you know, everything we see that is, oh, Fantasy Flight card size X or Y or one, two, three, four, or however, I think they do it in numbers. Numbers, yeah. Yeah, you know, are, are those now going to become gay-genic size? One, two, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what this means for Fantasy Flight's role as far as all those accessories go. Because it does say that they're going to expand the corresponding product lines of Fantasy Flight games and Blackfire, but I don't know if that means taking them over and expanding them or enriching what Fantasy Flight already offers and Fantasy Flight is going to continue to offer that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I heard, I heard, um, meaning I read somewhere on Twitter that that maybe Fantasy Flight was stopping, mm. um, but I didn't, I haven't, like, I didn't see that anywhere officially, so I'm not really sure. But I will say this, whether Fantasy Flight is maybe melting in with them, melding in with them, or if they're going to keep doing their own thing, um, having a company like Asmodee uh, put their power behind this company to do this, these products is a good thing because it's going to be a lot easier for people to find, um, it should be, sorry, easier for people to find current like certain card sleeve sizes, which I know people, it's like a headache for people who sleeve everything. Um, but I think it also shows people are embracing this 3D printed world in right. this era that is is coming up where it is r- like pretty reasonable to print, 3D print things as far as cost goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a large markup in the market for this. So, um, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I don't know what their prices are going to be, but... Um, you know, they can have everything from sleeves to deck boxes, the play mats, the dice sets, um, and then licensed products as well. So maybe we won't just have to buy uh, Fantasy Flight generic sleeve numbers, but maybe we can get Lord of the Rings 
card sleeves or Star Wars Outer Rim card sleeves if the market is there for that. They definitely have the, the financial backing to do it. Right. So according to uh, Asmodee's UK site, it says that Gamegenic will take over the production and development of all accessories within the Asmodee group and thus continue and expand the corresponding product lines of Fantasy Flight Games and Blackfire. So my assumption is that, yeah, Fantasy Flight is done with creating accessories. Also, doubling down on that, is that just posted recently is that Gamegenic has announced their official Keyforge accessories, which are going to include deck boxes, card sleeves, and other accessories. So it sounds like, for sure, you know, Fantasy Flight is kind of done creating their specific things and there will be some sort of rollover if you would or transition as game genic t- takes over all of those things that's very cool actually there's a big market right now for the key forge stuff so the, right the, the 3d printed stuff and things like that so that'll be good for them is there a specific accessory that you would really love to see you know them come up with whether it be for key forge or any other game that you can think of in the Asmodee product line? Is there something that'd be like, hey, it'd be really cool if they did X? Um, I mean, the first thing, I don't know. It's that's a tough question. I think at least for Keyforge, like they need to have proper counters, which they don't. Mm-hmm. And that and like they're they're representing them now with cards with counter icons on them, and that doesn't fly. Um also the rules like explicitly say don't use dice for like counters which everyone uses dice for counters in everything yep thanks magic Um, (laughs) but also like they don't include anything all the components I haven't gotten the new starter set um, but all the components in the the base starter set like they're not good they're very bad and they don't give you they don't even give you the aether you're collecting through the game they ask you to use like substitute things like so i would welcome any right. keyforge accessories at this point well they're supposed to be released at gen con <laughs> so there you go not too long to wait i would like to see uh, since if we're talking asthma day i'd like to see them sell the uh, potion explosion um tower individually so i don't have to buy the second edition just to get the plastic dispenser that'd be cool yeah that would be nice That'd be what very about cool. you? Can you think of any Asmodee stuff you'd want? You know, the I this is probably not the best thing, but I always go to, I would love to have as an option to have pre-painted minis for games because they do it with yes. Fantasy Flight, but a lot of the other games in the, the Asmodee group don't have that. So if it became, you know, even if they could keep them reasonably priced as most Fantasy Flight products are for what you get, or they had an option that you could get, you know, from the plaid hat minis from their games pre-painted or something. I would be totally down for that. And I think that's obviously getting a little more niche and a little more luxury. But they say they're going to do everything from, you know, the basic card sleeves and stuff up to things that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. So I hope that they something like that to be able to bling out the games that we have if we really like something or are passionate about something to kind of take it to the next level. I would love to see that. Very cool. Okay, next up we have uh, highlights from the Command Expo. Command Expo nineteen. That is so hard to get used to saying. I wasn't gonna stick to it, but every time I've I've seen them a bunch on Dice Tower recently on mm-hmm. YouTube, and every time Tom corrects himself and says 
come on. So I'm like, well, they must want this. Right. So that's what they're going to get. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, come on expo. It's, it's hosted in the Hyatt Regency Atlanta downtown hotel. So it's three days long. This is all coming from once again, dice tower news.com. Um, there are a bunch of panels. If you watch board game breakfast, uh, You'll know that there is a um, a person called Glory Hound. She does um, typically like Kickstarter previews, um, but she hosted a bunch of online streams for them this year um, and, and interviewed a bunch of people putting out games. Uh, so she was on there on board and um, not necessarily in this context, but the first thing that is up here on the list is um, the hotly anticipated adventure game uh, by Eric Lang. It's called Trudvang Legends or Travang. I'm going to guess that D might be silent, uh, but who knows? Um, <clears throat> so it's designed by himself. Um, then Fel Barrows and Gilherm Goulart. Uh, it's a one to four player cooperative story driven board game and it's based on North mythology. Um, though with its own pantheon of gods instead of the traditional Norse pantheon. Um, it has a strong emphasis on epic stories, which changes the gaming world based on the outcome of those stories. So maybe it sounds a little legacy-ish. Um, and then the game the game begins with a single unlock story, which is played over a session. Uh, obtaining an epic ending unlocks future stories, which affect the overall game world depending on the sequence they're played in and their outcomes. Uh, it's also solo friendly and scales well in difficulty across all player counts, but that's just what they want you to say. <laughs> uh, but it is best played with more players full or full experience. Combat is push your luck, uh, which is interesting, or uses push your luck. It also uses a rune based system, wind, fire, water, earth, and a new element, demonic, uh, which affects the available abilities such as bash or block. A character can use based on the drawn runes. Uh, it looks interesting for sure. <laughs> um, the theme is attractive to me. The price probably won't be, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure because it's Eric Lang, it's going to have a bunch of miniatures in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think about this first game? And does it excite you at all? It sounds cool. I think this is a 2020 game, if I recall correctly. So we got some time on it. But I think it's something I'm going to keep an eye on. It's something, you know, for how popular Come On is, I don't really own many, if any, of their games. But this, from a theme standpoint, is something I'm interested in. And I think it's based on an RPG. Okay. Maybe. I think, yeah, I think it's based on an RPG that exists that I don't know is super popular. But, uh, yeah, I think this is something I'll definitely keep an eye on. Because, like I said, from a theme standpoint... Uh, this seems cool. And also just having, you know, the stories that unlock over time is something that I could probably get the partner interested in as well. So, yeah, this will be something I keep an eye on as we get closer to that 2020 released anticipated release date. Very cool. Uh, OK, so next one, we have a lot of stuff to cover, so I'll go through these next few r- regular like quickly. So they gave an update Fine. on a Song of Ice and Fire, the tabletop miniatures game uh, by Come On. They also gave away a, a, a copies to everyone in the swag bag of A Song of Ice and Fire, a starter set, which was Stark versus Lannister. Um, so they updated a bunch of stuff for tournament play. Um, 
They basically made some hero tweaks to characters in the game. They are um, releasing new heroes, new content uh, with the brothers uh, Baratheon, uh, which introduces a loyalty mechanic to the game. Um, they're also uh, getting the Targaryens in there, which represent Daenerys during the Khaleesi days. So there's going to be a bunch of um, Dothraki soldiers and, and Horde uh, characters in the game as well. Um, have you played any of the, these games, The Song of Ice and Fire? I have not, but I didn't know there was a competitive scene for these games. Yeah, I didn't know either until I read this. I was really shocked that there are like, oh, we have to balance these characters for the competitive scene. To, I'm I'm shocked, and I wonder how many non-competitive players are ever going to get or you realize there's an update to the characters. Yeah, and I mean it's not important if you're just playing it with your friends necessarily, right? Um, but I mean it's cool that there is a scene for it, and it's nice to see them supporting it. Which yeah, is very cool. Great. Okay, next up, uh, we have stopping Ragnarok in God of War the card game. So designer Alexandru Oltianu, probably not, uh, along with head of game development Eric M. Lang, uh, gave a sneak peek of the hit PlayStation game converted into a card game. Uh, so Santa Monica Studio is involved with the designing of the game. Um, and they they brought over the designers of the video games into it to some aspect um, into this card game, which is a one to four players, uh, which and it's cooperative, uh, you're attempting to stop Ragnarok in 60 to 90 minutes. You can play as Kratos, Atreus, Freya, Mimir, or the Blacksmith Brothers, Sindri and Brock. Um, And they're all part of a branching storyline from the video game, which most people here should know because we talked about them enough. Um, So there are four possible endings, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, with accompanying final bosses, as well as six scenarios on the path to the final boss. A scenario is represented by cards arranged in an art mosaic uh, with four columns made of eight cards, where objectives are achieved based on player positioning in the columns and card play. Excuse me. At its core, the game is an action, puzzle, deck-building game. So, you know, pretty simple. All those things. Which is easy to teach, has few core me- mechanisms, but deep strategy. The designer also made it clear the solo gameplay wasn't slapped on, but it had its own design focus, which is important. As players use an alternate version of Kratos uh, as their sole character, with alternate Mimir and Atreus support characters to handle the increased difficulty of solo play. There was some more uh, Kratos news today on Twitter, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> at, the fi- at the final panel of the day, uh, there was some Q and A, um, but what do you think about the the info that we got on the God of War card game? Yeah, still so inter- still interested in this and and what it's going to be and and what it's going to play like. Uh, I am interested in when it's coming out as well. I don't know that we one hundred percent know when exactly this game is is going to hit our tables. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely interested. I'm I'm happy that you know Sony Santa Monica has has had time to um, work on this ge- or help or or give feedback or or be kind of tied into the development of this game to make sure it stays true to the vision and fits Kratos and God of War and, and all of those good things. So yeah, I'm still really interested in this. I would like to check it out whenever we're going to play it, and I'm hoping it's not going to be all that expensive. So yeah, I think. Very cool, and I hope that 
PlayStation continues to bring more of their products to the tabletop market. I agree. Next up. <laughs> the directors of Avengers Endgame. That was a weird stop in a sentence. Are adapting Magic the Gathering for Netflix. So the Russo brothers, uh, well, basically, they signed a deal with Netflix to bring Magic the Gathering to the small screen. Uh, I believe, if I read it correctly, it's going to oversee the creation of an all-new storyline and expand on the stories of the Planeswalkers, which I believe is like the new hotness in Magic right now, right? I know that they've been around for a while, but this new set is really yeah. There's a Planeswalker. The yeah, there's a Planeswalker in every pack in the current set. So, what's good news? I I guess is that the Russo brothers. Uh, have been huge fans of Magic uh, and players as well uh, since, since as long as it's been around. Um, that's good news. Uh, they're set to executive produce the series. They get the writers from uh, Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars, uh, Henry Gilroy. They also got Jose Molina, who if you don't know that he did the tick, now you do because he's a genius. Um, they're the showrunners. Uh, we also have uh, Yurikai Motuziku, Motuziki, Spider-Man, who did in, uh, Into the Spider-Verse um, as a supervising director and executive producer. Um, so you have the entertainment company who did Wreck and Morty, um, set to run point on the show's animation. They also did uh, The Dragon Prince on Netflix and Teen Titans Go. Uh, there's a lot of info in here. So yeah. We didn't need to cover let's just all that. Let's cover this part. Uh, working with, yeah. So, we're go- so what we're going to see is an animated, it seems. Yeah. Magic: The Gathering series on Netflix by the Rooster Brothers. So, what do you think? Is this exciting to you? This is actually exciting to me because the 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 <laughs> Magic is actually a, is a game that has a ton of story built into the game. There's a lot of lore there as to why things are the way they are, who the planeswalkers are. There is a huge story behind every set bring comes to a different plane. And there's a reason you go to that plane. There's some sort of strife or conflict or something going on. You're introduced to all these new characters, which is why, you know, yes, there are reprints in magic, but for the most part, you know, you get new art with unique characters that have flavor text on the cards that they kind of fit and their, their abilities in the game fit with their personality and the way that they do things. And this is a property that has, I think, been dying for a good way to get its story and its characters in a different medium that they that can maybe lead to more people appreciating it. So I'm excited for this. I think it's got really big names that are running it. Now we'll see. Does it actually happen or not? Um, back in the day, Brian Cogman, who is you know known for Game of Thrones and I think is now jumping over to the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, Hmm. I think was supposed to write a script or something for uh, a Magic the Gathering movie like back at, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And that never happened. So they've (laughs) they've tried. They've tried to get um, things like this off the ground before. But this seems like with everyone they already have in place, with Netflix, um, seemingly when they announce a show, it seems like it happens. Whereas when a Hollywood movie studio says if we've optioned the rights for or we've hired people for that doesn't guarantee anything but with netflix it seems to pretty much mean it's going to happen 
Yeah, I feel like they, they when they announce it, it's already something they've been developing and they right. know it's coming out. But they also seem to be able to throw money from trees into outer space and none of it matters at all to anybody. <laughs> Which is why maybe they never make any money. <laughs> it must be because I don't get it. <clears throat> okay, so the are next you, news, Sorry, oh, are you excited for this at all? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know that it's going to get me back into magic, but right. I'm, I'm, I'm still excited for the hobby, uh, mm-hmm. and I definitely watch it. I mean, I subscribe to Netflix. I don't, I don't plan on canceling that membership anytime soon. So, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely watch it. It just really depends on for me what I'm watching at the time. But makes sense. You know, I wanted to watch that Dragon Prince. I still haven't watched that yet. So maybe I'll do some homework before it comes out. Excellent. But the next news, potentially um, the most relevant to us, because who knows if we end up doing this or not. Uh, There's not a lot of info out there, but uh, this is uh, from Game Informer, but this was all over the internet in the board game circles. Sea of Thieves is coming to tabletop. Uh, The action-adventure game is coming to role-playing. Uh, it is done by uh, in partnership with Mongoose Publishing, who has experience with RPGs. Um, in the tweet, by Sea of Thieves was sent out, uh, quote, we're excited to announce the Sea of Thieves role-playing game. Working with Mongoose Pub, uh, we brought the adventure of the seas to the tabletop. You'll soon be fighting skeletons, uncovering buried gold, and hunting down a deceitful captain. They must not have been able to put treasure. They must have had too many characters. Because, uh, like, imagine just digging through sand and there's buried gold in there, not in a treasure chest. <laughs> right, How right. awful would that be? <laughs> uh, you can pre-order right now on their website. There's two different versions you can pre-order, but if you buy the entire starter box, it's going to include the Book of Pirates, Lore of the Sea, uh, sorry, Lord of the Sea Tome, Book of Voyages, the Sea of Thieves poster map, pirate ledger cards, legendary dice, which you can also buy separately, supply tokens, weapon cards, and quest cards, and a Lord Guardian sales download for the video game. Um, So yeah, the team is excited to announce that some of the challenges uh, players get to face in the game include fighting skeletons, races to bury treasure, and even megalodons and krakens. The Sea of Thieves tabletop is currently up for pre-order. It's due out in October, which is great because I'll probably be able to check it out at PAX, which I'm excited for. Um, there's not much more info. If you go to um, Mongoose's uh, publishing's website, there are pictures of some of the stuff, you, like what, the, what it was going to look like. That could change before you know between now and release, but I'm I'm excited to find out more about it, and I would totally be on board to learn how to play this game. Yeah, I think the thing that is exciting about it for me is that it's you know for two to six players, which mm-hmm. is something that makes it more easy for me to do. Getting the option to be a pirate in a role playing game seems sweet. I yeah. think that is something that would be fun. My only concern. And this is probably not a valid concern, but my only concern is I am not familiar with any of Mongoose Publishing's RPGs. I guess that's fair. And that doesn't maybe they're great. We we both know that I am not a super RPG person, but in general, I have heard of most of the ones that I assume are good. Well, let's but- see what they have. They have Traveler, 2300 AD, Paranoia, Legend. Yeah, I don't know any of these. 
and like I said, they might be great. I, I genuinely don't know. That's the only thing that gives me pause sure. is, oh, I don't know their other work. But I'm excited to check this out and see if people like it. Yeah, if our listeners have heard of Mongoose Publishing or played any of their RPGs, let us know. Let us know if we should be excited or worried or neither or both. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll keep our eyes on it. And uh, Free RPG Day is June 15th. So if you're listening and you have a local FLGS near you, uh, you should be able to go in and get a free RPG book. uh, In some places like mine, gives away lots of books. Um, But Lucas Rose of Flex to Post fame is still interested in our kids on bikes pitch. Um, so if I can land a couple copies of that um, free tabletop um, book that I have mm-hmm. to get more copies out, I'm going to try to send you and Lucas the book because I still think it would be uh, something cool to try and do. That sounds great. All right. Next up, we're in the quick, <laughs> we're in the quick, we're, we're in the roundup portion. We'll try to be quick. Uh, first up, if you have been living under a rock or don't check Kickstarter every day, you will not know, but now you do, that Alter Quest is now live on Kickstarter. This is, uh, think of it like a Gloomhaven-style board game. It is big. It is uh, on a board, though, not like unlike Gloomhaven, which is a book. Um, it, it's huge, <laughs> essentially. It's a large pledge. But you do get a lot of stuff for it. Um, so Alter Quest is by the Sadler Brothers. Uh, they've done the Street Fighter and the Brook City games. Brook City was a pretty big Kickstarter um, just like six months ago, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you go by the game's description, uh, the players each choose a unique hero who comes with their own cards and equipment decks, like Loomhaven. Uh, then the players choose a quest, villain, and threat deck uh, with... Which to play? So almost sounds a little like how you set up Legendary, Marvel Legendary, which is interesting. You pick a villain. Um, uh, there are no decks that players need assembled. Each of these decks is fixed, but the players may choose to mix and match for those advanced players. Uh, what do you think? Is this on your radar? Is this some? Well, I know it's on your radar. Is this something that you think you're interested in backing, or where are you on this? Yeah, this is. I have it saved, so I'm definitely interested in it. The price, I mean, it's expensive. It's over $100. But the one thing I do appreciate about it is there's one option, like very simple. There's one option. You can get everything and that's it. There's no, oh, if I get this, do I get all the stuff? But no, if you want all the stuff, you have to get this one. Very clear. If you get everything, if you back it, you're going to get all the stuff that's unlocked during the Kickstarter. There's a ton of stuff in the box, which always makes it a little easier for me to jump in on. And it's really cool that Isaac Childress, or Childers, Childress, Childress, the Gloomhaven designer, yeah. uh, is doing a guest expansion for it, which I think is really cool. Nice. So, yeah, this is definitely something I'm interested in. I how The gameplay sounds a little bit different and a little bit unique. I like the fact that one of the expansion or one of the items that was unlocked as part of the Kickstarter, one of the miniatures that got unlocked, is a garbage heap. <laughs> That just made me smile. So, yeah, you know, I'm down with getting a game with a garbage heap in it. That seems cool. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Is this this sitting for you as something you're interested in? I just started canceling a bunch of Kickstarters um, because I need to be better at not getting all these Kickstarters. Yeah. Um, And because I want to save up and I want to get some other games and I want to 
you know, we have a vacation coming up in July and I have to save up for packs and plugs. So I'm trying to be a little bit more responsible. Um, but I've still backed some Kickstarters. In fact, I just, a campaign just ended where I backed the um, generic Gloomhaven um, player mats. They couldn't say oh. Gloomhaven. They were like generic tabletop role-playing mats that work with Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> That work really well with this one really popular game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited for that. And, the, the, you know, I'm still backing a few things, but not as much as I would if I could. Right. And this would probably be one of those games. It's definitely intriguing. And you know what? If we were closer to finishing Gloomhaven, I probably would back this. Yeah, I can see that. But that makes sense. We're not even close. <laughs> uh, the next game up on the roundup is Pandemic Rapid Response, which if you're on the socials or the videos, it's everywhere right now. You can pretty much see this game. In fact, I thought it was out and it's yeah. not. I also I didn't it realize too. it is a target timed exclusive. It is. Which is huge. So Z-Man Games announces pandemic rapid response. Uh, this is again from Dice Tower News. Um, it is designed by Mr. Matt Leacock um, and King Klenko who did Flip Ships, a game that we both really enjoy. Indeed. So uh, Pandemic Rapid Response uh, is, well, a real-time pandemic race against time. Uh, I don't even have to read this because I can kind of tell you what the game is already about because I watched a review earlier this week. Uh, You're on one long board. The board represents a super plane, we'll call it, that has the ability to... Treat, research, and cure diseases. Well, cure and treat are the same thing. Uh, research and cure diseases on the plane. And what you're doing is um, you are cooperatively flying this plane to troubled cities and dropping supplies that they require. So the board has rooms. Um, in each part of the room, uh, they specialize in specific tasks. Like just think of the roles from previous pandemic games now they have like their own rooms and in fact the map if you've played the captain is dead uh from aeg the map reminds me very much of that map because in that like you're in the ship and there's like you know the main deck engineering medical bay that's very similar to what this is um now what's interesting is because it takes place in real time you each have your own set of dice it's yahtzee style but uh with which means you have three re-rolls um, and you can use a certain die to do things, but there's a two minute timer. And if Kyle takes long on his turn, that affects the time on my turn. And once the timer reaches, that's two minutes, you stop, you start the game with, I believe three timer tokens. And then once the timer stops, you remove a timer token and then you start the timer again and you do this. So, I think it's really interesting if you like Pandemic. Uh, if you know Dice Tower, Z Garcia is a big, 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 big Pandemic fan. It's consistently his top like game of all time, uh, including the expansions. Uh, he says, it's probably best not to consider this a Pandemic game. Uh, you'll like it. He likes it just fine uh, as it is, but you know, he I don't think he thinks that it fits in with that like Pandemic play style, which is fine. It's just basically like a using the name pandemic right uh so it's exclusive to target stores in the u.s uh, and then 
you will be able to see it in the rest of the your FLGS and the rest of the world uh, in stores June 23rd. And it doesn't say specifically if that's the target date or the other store's date. So I'm not sure who gets it on the 23rd. I think the 23rd is the target date. Okay. I think. So we're about less than 20 days till we can get this game, which is exciting. What do you think about this game? Is this something that you want to get? I mean, it's set in the Pandemic Universe, so I'll end up probably getting it because we play most of the Pandemic games in my house. What I will say, though... Stress? Real-time games stress me <laughs> out so bad. I get I don't get stressed at work. I don't get I, I should say I never. I very rarely get stressed at work. In life in general, I very rarely get stressed, except in real-time board games. Stress mm. me out like no one's business. And I don't know why. Like Galaxy Trucker, my lord, building my ship, I'm a frantic mess. It's so bad. <laughs> so I will probably get this, but I don't know how I don't know how often I'll play it because I don't know how often I'll be that stressed. That's okay. I mean, I totally get that. I think this would be a fun game to play with friends, but I think it it needs to be one of those situations where people want to play a party game, but like half the people don't. So you like compromise with this game. So right. like, well, we got some serious board gamers here too. So yeah. Not that you can't play party games and not be a serious board gamer. Right. Okay. We all know what you mean. We got you. It's okay. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, Rebuild the Earth in Eco's First Continent, which is a tile-laying game from AEG. It's a world-building game. It's designed by John Clare, who did Mystic Veil. Um, and the art is by Sabrina Miramon, who did Photosynthesis and Quadropolis, as well as Matt Paquette, who also did Mystic Veil and Thunderstone Quest. So if those names and those games don't excite you, you should be excited. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I can do to excite you. Um, the world in Ecos is built uh, by laying tiles that represent desert, water, and grassland. Each player will have a tableau of cards that will allow the placement of additional tiles. Uh, terrain features such as mountains and forests or animals to populate the world. Uh, activating cards require certain elements to be present in the world. Each round, one player will reveal element tokens from the element bag, giving all players the opportunity to complete a card from their tableau and shape the continent to their own purpose. Uh, There's a bunch more about the game. Uh, what I can tell you is it plays two to six players, 45 to 75 minutes. Um, you get a bunch of accessories and tiles and bags and stones even a rule book, uh, and it will be in stores in October. What do you think about this one? Is that a good I, pedigree for a board game? I am pretty excited about this because I'm a big fan of John Clare just because of Mystic Vale, and then he's obviously done Space Base and Custom Heroes and some other stuff, and he has his new game coming out, uh, Shadow of Darkness should be, or Edge of Darkness, excuse me, should be sometime in July. I think that Kickstarter is supposed to go. So I'm a fan of his work and the games that he's done. And, you know, when you look at the artists, they're, the games they have done are pretty amazing. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. And I think, you know, coming out in October, 60 bucks, all these things are, are clicking the right boxes for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, this, uh, this will be probably the game, the first game I uh, tried that I intentionally play at AEG's Big Game Night. At PAX. I'll probably wait 
to buy this because it's very possible they give this away at their big game night. Mm. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I really uh, am looking forward to playing it. Um, this would probably be a game I would buy when it came out, but we'll see. We'll see what October brings. Uh, and the, finally, the last the last board game news we've been going for almost an hour already um, is the announcement by the OP, the Opoly, the <laughs> the group that I agree with their name change is bringing us it, Evil Below. Uh, so I mean. I'll tell you what, I was excited by the announcement, and then I started looking at some pictures of the board game. I'm a little less excited, but we'll see how the <laughs> gameplay is. Um, so it's a two to seven player cooperative game in which players take on the role of the Losers Club, uh, famous in the books. Uh, hopefully you've seen them. Seen them? Ugh. Read the, read the book or seen the movie. Uh, as they traverse their neighborhood in fictional Derry, Maine, uh, tempting fate in numerous encounters and using their character-specific abilities to take down the menacing clown and stop the child abductions once and for all. But if just one player runs out of health, the objective fails, and Pennywise continues to wreak psychological havoc upon the citizens of this quaint New England town for years to come. So there's that. If you lose, yeah. you're letting all of New England down. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I like to see them taking risks on this. Like, this is an IP that I don't think people really thought would come to the board game world. Right. Uh, so I like to see them taking risks. I hope um, that it's good, but if you look at the board game and the component quality, it looks. Now, low production value doesn't mean bad game. Right. And it's also only $30. Great. It's also only $30, which is good. Uh, and maybe I'd take a risk on it. I did buy the <laughs> Stranger Things Ego game, so <laughs> if I bought that, I can certainly buy this game. Um, so they also have Monopoly It. Uh, so I'm interested to see some reviews of the game, see how it plays. Uh, the premise sounds good to me, but like I said, the game board isn't super appealing. Uh, what do you think? And did you see like the full-on picture of the game board i did you're right it definitely has a little bit more affordable production put behind it but mm. i can also understand that because you're probably trying to get some folks who maybe were fans of the film especially with the new film coming out this fall to maybe right the second one's this fall yeah this fall okay so maybe take a runner on this that it's at, a, at affordable price kind of building buy into the hype so i i understand the production quality behind it and why they're going for that but yeah, for me, it's really going to come down to whether or not it's a good game. And the other thing is, if I am genuinely think about this, there's no way my partner's playing this game. That's not going to happen. Right. She's just I not going you. to. So, play it either. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. This might be a, something I would get to pull out with other people on occasion, but it would have to be pretty good for that to happen for me to get it knowing that I'm only going to play it when I get to play it with other people. Yeah. So I hear you. Well, that's the end of board game news. All right. Well, hey, that was a ton of board game news. And obviously, <laughs> once or <laughs> once Origins happens, we'll have some more things to share about Origins because that's coming up in a week or so here. But hey, the video game news says, hold on a sec. We got some things to share. And I had to cut a lot and we still have a ton of stories. <laughs> so this is why we don't probably have a topic of the week this week, because this is a lot of stuff. E3 apparently started two weeks ago. Who knew it? But it apparently did. So starting off with some news from our friends over at Game Informer. Josh, I, I know this was your most anticipated game of the year. 
And I'm yeah. very sorry to break it to you that Shenmue 3 has been delayed from its August release date to November. Sailors? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. But where are all the sailors? I you're well, you're gonna have to wait until November to find Where are the sailors, Kyle? So <laughs> yeah, so are you surprised by this delay? No, I just I thought this game was dead. <laughs> Did you really think it was dead? Nobody wants this game. They had to kickstart it. <laughs> well, I mean, if that was true for... I, and I'm being... Um, <laughs> I'm intentionally being harsh on the game. I know you are. I know but you are. I, I really don't know a single person who wants this game. And that's... I'm just basing that on my social circle, mm-hmm. the internet, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just a lot of places. To be. <laughs> I, I do think there are some some very specific people who are probably excited for this game, and I think those people don't remember playing actually playing Shenmue. I think I still own it. Do you really? I've I've actually only I think I played it at a friend's house and had no idea what was going on. So granted, I didn't give it the full college try there, but yeah. So Shenmue three uh, being published by Deep Silver, pushing from its August date to November, so not too late. Do you think this November date holds? I mean, in a world of Final Fantasy VII Remake, who knows? That's like, true. It might. Did they say the year? Or did they just say October? Because <laughs> who knows? No, I mean, I, I don't really know much about the development of the game, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I know they've had a bunch of setbacks, but I haven't been keeping up enough to like predict that. I mean, people say like no news is good news, but I think at least in this aspect... Getting some news out of them maybe means that their their new date is going to be more accurate. Yeah. So I think November nineteenth is what they're saying now. Of yes, twenty nineteen. In my in my twenty nineteen Josh uh, mode, I'm just excited for people to play a game that they want to play. There you go. I may I mostly make jokes. Uh, it's just not a game for me. So uh, if you're excited for Shenmue three. I hope you get it this year because it would be terrible if it gets buried behind next-gen console stuff. That would be definitely a bit more disappointing, that is for sure. So, real briefly, not that it's a huge piece of news, but I think kind of news to say what's not news is that Rocksteady Games has announced they're not going to be at E3. What a bummer. So we still have no idea what that studio who's made some really great Batman games is doing. For two years in a row, they've made an announcement to say, hey, we're not going to be at E3. Yeah, I mean, good for them, though. Like, we talk about this. I mean, yeah, I'm bummed that they're not going to be there. But we talk about this all the time, about E3 stuff and pressuring people to show things that might not be ready. Right. They're just not ready to show anything. Don't go. Right, yeah. It's not not like a whole company staying away from E3. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they well, have one game to show. <laughs> let's put on our tinfoil hat. Maybe the reason they're not there is because they are going to be on. We're going to be on Sony's stage, so maybe it'll be revealed at PSX. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Just, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so moving on to some other news. If you are a fan of the Genesis and mm-hmm. have been keeping up on the fact that the Genesis Mini is a thing. And that is coming out this fall. They have revealed the final 12 games coming into the system, bringing the total to a robust 42 games. It was only going to be 40, but they decided to add a couple extra and call it good. So I'm not going to read the entire list. 
overall thoughts are you were you a genesis kid did you enjoy playing genesis i was a genesis kid um i was well i was a nintendo kid we have to draw the line right i was a nintendo kid who had a genesis okay uh my neighbors had the master system so i was playing that well before i was playing other consoles which is why i was excited to see they added columns today which was a game i played on the master system they added Eternal Champions, which was like a killer fighting game. Probably doesn't hold up. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was not excited for this when they announced it, mm-hmm. especially at the price tag of $80. Right. Um, but I really like, I, I'm sorry, I really love this lineup. It's a great games list. And they added Tetris, which is insane. That You would think that they legally couldn't do that somehow. Yeah. But <laughs> they did. <laughs> Yeah, so Tetris was, if you're not familiar, Tetris was developed and I think printed, but then never released. So there's only a handful of cartridges for Tetris on the Genesis that even exist. So the fact that they're including it in this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, Kid Chameleon, Road Rash 2, Virtual Fighter 2, Monster World 4, Wonder Boys on here, Vector Man, Sonic Spinball, which is a game I loved. Beyond right. Oasis was one of my favorite, like old school, like it's not an RPG, but Zelda-ish mm-hmm. kind of game. A lot of these games, I'm a big fan of. And I don't think I've ever played Mega Man the Wily Wars, which I would love to play. Uh, the Mickey Mouse games, Castle of Illusions. Yeah. Like there's a lot of great games on here. So I look forward to when no one buys it and it drops to $30, like the PlayStation Classic. And then I'll buy three of them and give them away as gifts. <laughs> I-, I like gifts. Echo the Dolphin. No, I, I think it'll be successful. I really do. It has you know Echo, Toad Jim and Earl, Altered Beast. Um, I, I can't reasonably drop 80 bucks for it, but it'll probably end up on a Christmas list or two, and we'll see if I end up getting it that way. My problem with these consoles is I never really played them that long. Yeah. And I don't think this would be any different, but this list of games definitely makes me far more intrigued for this console than I was when it was announced without a doubt, not even close. Like they really have done a nice job of curating a pretty excellent list. I think with like this and the, the NES classic, not so much the SNES because those graphics, some of them hold up, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. You could put the Genesis, your NES, your Genesis classic and your NES classic away for months. Right. And you can pull it back out whenever. And you know, you're going to get the same, experience out of that when you do that even if it's for like parties or or going to a friend's house or just a show like someone who has nostalgia or a day of gaming like these are all cool things you can do with these things so i mm-hmm. think if if you make the investment worth your time it, it, i don't think 80 dollars is like crazy to ask for it's just these are games <laughs> which we live in a world where we can emulate them for free and I don't necessarily support you doing that. Um, but I think it's harder for people who aren't, who are not like people who are aware of how to do these things are less likely to, to go out and buy this. I think. Right. That, yeah. I would agree there for sure. So if you're looking forward to that Genesis mini, well, now you are in luck. All games have been announced. So with how fast things move this time of year, what started as when I shared when I created our show notes today <laughs> was a retail leak suggesting that a new Watch Dogs game was on the way called Legion. 
has turned into Ubisoft officially confirming with a short trailer that Watch Dogs Legion is, in fact, the next game in the Watch Dogs universe and will be fully revealed at E3. So, you know, (laughs) it really has to stink being a video game company and having a retailer leak your stuff like that has to be a, a rough feeling, right? Yeah. Uh, it's also stinks as a video game fan too is excited right. for E3. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely still going to be some surprises, but I think the number of surprises is diminishing by the day. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But anyway, hey, Watch Dogs Legion taking place in London sounds like you might be able to control any NPC in the game. Is that what we were being told? Can I tell you what uh, the first thing I thought of was? Yes. Every other Ubisoft game that ever launches with an open world aspect and how glitchy it is at, at release, and now you can control any NPC you want. Right. <laughs> Rest in peace, Watchdogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna. No, I, uh, it sounds like what I think Devin was talking about in Discord was even the developers are saying how challenging it was to make make this game work. So I'm I'm intrigued to learn more about this and hope hope we see like a live gameplay demo so i can believe this like control any npc and how how are we doing this i mean legion makes sense right if you go by like like the the definition of legion at least in like comics and and religious lore but it'll be interesting to see how they make this happen yeah no i agree like why why are we doing this like, why do I want to control that lady walking her dog? <laughs> right. And who knows? We'll definitely know more at E3. We'll see yes. if that turns out to be true. It sounds like from folks who said, oh, yeah, this leak sounds like the information my insiders have told me. And yes, these things are happening. It sounds like this is going to be at least something you can do in the game. So um, so one thing that is going on in our Discord as we record so if you're a dear listener, if you're not going listen part of our Discord, I highly encourage you to join because we have some very wonderful conversations in there. And this actually goes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Is this a spoiler, Josh? You know what? It kinda is, I think, for like <laughs> for for me, like not caring so much. i I I don't think that it's a spoiler that that affects me, but right. We talked about this, right? So speculation right. was we were getting a Watch Dogs 3. Uh, yeah, and that speculation has been there for months at this point. So I would say if what leaked today was Watch Dogs 3, and that was it, like, it's not a spoiler, right? Because we already knew it was coming, kind of. Right. But what did leak was a name, a setting, and gameplay elements. That's right. definitely a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, if you are a fan of Watch Dogs, I hope you can still be excited about it. And I hope that whatever trailer they show us at E3 has you equal, gets you jazzed for the game. If it's something that it looks like it appeals to you, because who knows? Maybe it won't. But I hope it does, because I want people to be excited and love things. Speaking of being excited and loving things, mm. Xbox and PlayStation controller support are coming to your Apple devices. Yes, Apple recently held their little keynote presentation thing that they do. I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. an official name for that, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) But during, oh, the Worldwide Developers Conference. There we go. Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. At their keynote for it, they talked about a lot of different features and announcements from hardware and software. But 
one of the things they also talked about is that controller support is going to be rolling out when iOS 13 launches this fall. And this will allow PS4 and Xbox One controllers to work on iPhones via Bluetooth and Apple TVs and iPads as well. So, Josh, you're ditching your iPhone, right? Yeah, we, my wife just got rid of hers. I'm getting rid of mine. She got rid of her iPad. <laughs> Are you? Did this cause you pause at all? Did you see this and go, oh, shoot? <clears throat> I mean, it's a bummer, right? Uh, there's definitely games I could take advantage of or or I would try because mm-hmm. I had a controller because there's definitely games I didn't play right? because they need a controller. Also, like, I can use my that the PlayStation 4 um, mobile thing and use the PlayStation 4 controller now instead of the touchscreen. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? PS Live, I think, or something like that. I still have it on my phone, I think. Yeah, I know. Being able to use your controller on that makes a world of difference. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, there, I just got an update for iOS 12.3.1. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I still have Apple TV, so I can still use it on Apple TV. And that we're not getting rid of because it's a mm-hmm. 4K Apple TV. Um, I just, uh, yeah, uh, it's great, great for Apple. Great for people with Apple devices. We, I think it's clearly uh, like prep for Stadia, like to show like, hey, we can do something also. Like, don't just get rid of us. Um, but they also don't, I don't know that Apple has to worry about Stadia in that market share, like that place. Like they own the market on smartphones right now. So uh, it's cool that they're doing it. I would say, and you kind of alluded to it. Do you think this is part of, the announcement a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was, when Sony and Microsoft announced that they're working on cloud gaming things, solutions together now, and now this is rolling out. Do you genuinely think this is the two of them kind of teaming up to put that pressure on Stadia? I mean, it's possible if they know far and way far in advance things we don't know. Like, if but they you got to imagine they, they know some things, right? They got to know something, but I feel like this is probably like people have been calling for controllers for the iPhone at least and uh, and other gaming like things like for a while. So they've supported certain types of controllers, which are basically just ripoffs of Xbox controller design. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they've been working on something for a while, but they may have been waiting for time to release it. That's definitely right. possible. Right. All right. So, hey, save those controllers if you have iPhones or iDevices because you'll be able to use them soon. Yeah. All right, moving on. The one big hitter that is, or one of the big hitters, I should say, that is going to be at E3, Microsoft has announced via Phil Spencer on his Twitter saying, quote, just finishing our final E3 rehearsal here with the team in Redmond. Feel really good about the briefing. Lots to show. We have 14 Xbox Game Studios games in the show this year. More first party games than we've ever had in the show. Fun times. All right, Josh, list off yeah. 14 games that they're showing on your mark. <laughs> Get set. Go. No. Okay. <laughs> I will not do that. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, it's pretty impressive, right? <laughs> it, A lot if, of games. I mean, depending on what it's going to be. Um. Then, then, then Major Nelson also made an announcement earlier today, too, that, that, that um, Phil Spencer backed up about renaming their Xbox app to Xbox console companion app. And it's going to be uh, a new desktop, desktop experience that's coming soon as well. So they, they're working on a, 
a lot of internal stuff to, right. you know, get people ready for what should be hopefully a winning year for Microsoft. But, you know, who knows? Right. Um, and, and I had this conversation with my friend, like, Microsoft might be losing the console battle, but mm-hmm. they are successful no matter what, like oh, yeah. 31 million consoles, that's a success. Yeah, absolutely. It's not 82 million like the PlayStation 4 has, but... Like 98, but that's cool, whatever. It's 98 now? Okay, so then I'm sure Xbox is higher now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I mean, we're going to see Halo Infinite. We've already heard that. Yep. Um, I don't want to speculate on rumors, Donnie, so I won't talk about anything else uh, for leaks. That are out there. I sound like I'm the president. I don't want to speculate on rumors. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll see Ori probably. I'm, sur- I'm I'm assuming those are included in that 14. I'm assuming if they're publishing them, that that, that is, that it's always a gray area, right? When it's not a first party owned studio, but it's being published by them. Yeah. You know, most public, most studios say that that makes it a first party game because they're working with the first party air, d- part of sony or microsoft or whatever so yeah we'll be interesting to see kind of exactly what that means but yeah but it's great i mean uh, i'm i'm excited to see some surprises there's gonna be surprises if there's 14 titles there's definitely gonna be some games we have not heard of and we now know that forza motorsport is not going to be one of those games right so but it is going to be dlc for horizon for Horizon 4 DLC, I don't know if they'll include that in a new first-party title, though. It wouldn't be new, but it definitely, they said there's 14 first-party oh. games. Well, so if you figure, like, if they do an update on I don't think they count DLC, though, right? But if they do an update on Sea of Thieves, if they do an update on... Uh, I hope they're not including Sea of Thieves update in DLC for games. Well, I mean, I, again, who knows? Yeah. But it very clearly says that we're going to have... We have 14 Xbox Game Studios games in the show. Oh, uh, Okay. You know, so that uh, to me means if they do an update on any of that stuff, that counts. But that's still a lot of stuff. Like it's still that, a lot of stuff, right? But yeah, I was just hoping that they would include DLC. I'm excited to see DLC, but yeah, I mean, not sure. for Sea of Thieves, but I mean, um, yeah, like I'm I'm excited to hear what the Forza Horizon uh, DLC is going to be because someone rumors uh, I'm not going to speculate. Yeah. Rumors <laughs> are supposed to be pretty great, but yeah, we guess I'm we not won't say what it's supposed to be. I will tell you what I did think. I th- I thought right now I'm kind of in a place where I don't know what game I want to play next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might pick up Horizon Four again just for a little bit, um, and then maybe jump into a full game. But just because I'm kind of feeling like I want to play it some more with these talks of DLC, right? That sounds so, good. It's working awesome. a little bit. All right. So hey, moving on. I guess <laughs> speculation. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a new Dark Siders game, Josh. Uh, Dark Side, a new Darksiders game has been leaked by the E3 Coliseum, yeah. which, if I recall, is the YouTube thing, right? It's like this, like, um, think of it like TED Talks because it has way more than just gaming industry people, like the Russo brothers are going to be there, right? Um, isn't Netflix doing Netflix, anything? Yeah, Netflix is, uh, I think Netflix is either they're doing this Coliseum or they're doing their own thing, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, it's basically like TED Talks uh, before E3 starts and maybe during where these people come in and they do these talks to, with people. 
Right. And, you know, another thing that was announced that's going to happen between the time we record this and this posts is that THQ Nordic has said that over the next three days, they're going to announce three new game, three games. Maybe this is one of those games. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Yep, exactly. I think or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, hey, getting a new Dark Side. Do you have? Are you a fan of Dark Siders? Do you do you want a new Dark Siders? I like the first one. I didn't play much of the second one. I played a little bit of the second one. I wasn't excited at all by any footage I saw of the third one. Um, the rumor is this one is more of a Diablo style game. That's what they say. Uh, I would definitely be more interested in it. Gotcha. All right. So hey, continuing on with something that is not rumor or speculation, but something that is <laughs> hard fast truth. Yes. We're getting a new Call of Duty. Call of okay. Duty Modern Warfare. Yes. Coming out October 25th, 2019. Fancy new trailer, soft reboot of the original, well, I should yeah, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, so a soft reboot of that game. Said to take a more I don't want to say graphic, uh gritty. Gritty, thank you. A more gritty look at war and and what that means and a, maybe a little more personal look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's not going to be a zombies mode with it, um, but it is going to launch with full crossplay, which they should have put in the trailer somewhere because yeah. you had to do research to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, so launch with full crossplay um, and a brand new engine. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, Josh, but this engine looks incredible. Yeah, I know you don't believe it's true. You think they're lying to you, but it looked really good. Like I didn't see anything in that. The trailer looked great. But I didn't see anything in there that represented gameplay. <laughs> okay. None of that that they showed is someone playing the game. Okay. <laughs> Even though it says it at the beginning. I know. You're like, they're lying to me. They're it's a cinematic. It's all cinematic. You you play as that person who jumps up on the car and shoots an Uzi into the windshield? I don't think so. Well, maybe not you that You play part. as that guy hiding behind a car who's firing, like, no, I'm sorry. Some of the what I will say, some of the um, night vision stuff that they showed as you came up and put on your night vision to me, that very much looked like the here's the final thing as I move into whatever is going to be me taking over control. Are you expecting it to like the graphics just to fall off the cliff then at that point? Is that what (laughs) you're saying? No, I don't think they're going to fall off the cliff, but. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna get into it. We already, you know how I feel. I know the way that the trailer starts off mm-hmm. with like this blanket statement about the rest of the trailer right. really just rubbed me the wrong way. I figured it probably <laughs> did immediately. But in general, are you excited about Call of Duty this year? Yeah, I'm glad that they're doing this. Uh, it shows that they're um, serious about the single player, which I was right. really worried about. Yeah, I agree. Um, they say no DLC up top, which is great. No paid DLC, sorry. Paid, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's fine. If you're gonna include microtransactions in your game for cosmetic items, go for it. I'm I'm okay with that. My biggest worry uh, is crossplay between PC and consoles. So what they said is that you will be grouped by input device. Okay. So if you're playing on. But even if you're playing mouse and keyboard on Xbox, which it does support, which it does support, you're not going to be, you're not going to stand a shot against PC players. That's what I read. I'm I'm trying to remember the article that I I read. We'll find out more about it, but that's my worry. Like on on the face value of like what we saw. Yep. Um, I I am thrilled that I'm going to be able to buy it on one platform and play with all of our friends. I agree. Awesome. Especially if we can set up like private lobbies. We can literally have a game night where we have 15 people. 
mm-hmm. if we can get everyone into a room that has that on every console, right? That's going to be awesome. I'm th- I'm so excited, and I hope it works the way that we all think crossplay will work, right? Um, yeah. But we have to face facts, and that not everyone's servers are running as well as each other's at the same time. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. there's great promise, I think, for this game. Yeah, I think it looks good. I like you said, I'm excited about the return to a real big focus on the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you if you've listened to any other podcast or anybody who got to see the preview of this game. It sounds like from what they showed that they aren't kidding when they're talking about gritty. Yeah, just from what I've heard, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. If well, you don't war is ugly, and like I think it's still important that people show that that right. real aspect of it instead of it being an arcade just kill people thing. Nope, I agree. So, yep, they said that they were inspired by the No Russia mission from Modern Warfare 2. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know if I'd classify that mission as nice. but No, but you know what I meant. <laughs> right, but that's kind of what they're using as their inspiration for showing yeah. how, you know, how war is not this cool, hey, I shoot things and move on and, and we're good. We don't need so. to be glorifying war. Right. It's something we should be learning from. Yep. So, all right. So, hey, you can look forward to a new Call of Duty this fall with an old name. But, hey, I'm stoked about it. Speaking of things to be stoked about, if you're a PC player, the PC is getting its own version of Xbox Game Pass. So, the very awesome service that is currently on Xbox that lets you pay $10 a month to get a whole lot of great things. uh, They're coming out with a version specifically for PC. Now, Josh... Correct me on anything that I'm about to say if it is wrong. Hmm. Um, it is not. If you have it on Xbox, you don't automatically get it on PC. It's two separate subscriptions. Unless you are a subscriber to Ultimate. Ultimate, right, which is $5 more. Okay, so Game Pass Ultimate or Ultimate Game Pass or whatever they're calling it isn't out yet for right. consumers. Um, I have it because I'm in the Xbox Insider program. In fact, mm-hmm. if you're listening... And you are a member of the Xbox Insiders program. You need to go check because you can get Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass for $1 a month right now under the Ultimate plan. That's um, pretty good. Which is huge. And that will also include Game Pass on PC. But uh, if you are not subscribed to Ultimate Game Pass, which I believe will be... $15 a month, I think. I think that's what I had heard, but I didn't know if that was confirmed or what that was. But now that they're adding more value to that, if you have a PC, like not everyone has a PC also, but uh, if you have a PC also, like that just adds more value to that price we already had in our heads. Right. So Microsoft continuing to put their their money where their mouth is and really moving into the PC space to trying to make that, you know, make their games available wherever they can to as many people as they can. So Game Pass on PC, if you want an instant backlog, there you go. Not to mention it's going to come with a bunch of titles that are only on PC. Right. uh, Like Age of Empires. Yeah. Uh, But we're also going to get Gears 5 on PC and Xbox, So, which is great. That is great. All right. Continuing on, as we're getting close kind of to the end here of our video game news, the uh, much talked about, much... I shouldn't say rumored because it was revealed. We don't know what's happening. The Adventures game that Square Enix announced back in 2017 is going to get its worldwide reveal at their press conference on Monday evening at E3. Uh, The lead studio for this is Crystal Dynamics, the folks who made those first two games in the 
un- not Uncharted in the Tomb Raider <laughs> reboot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where I was going with this, you'll realize in a second. Uh, and then Idos Montreal, who does the Deus Ex games, is kind of the backup studio for that. Um, this game is being has a creative director is Sean Eskegi, who actually came from Naughty Dog. So, <laughs> yep. So he's one of the creative directors on the project. So very interested and excited to see what this game is. Josh, number one, are you excited about what this game might be or about an Avengers game in general? Number two, what do you want this game to be? Oh, those are both very hard questions. (laughs) I don't really know if I'm excited for this because I don't necessarily know if everything I've heard can be put together in one game because I've heard so many different things that this game could be. (laughs) So let's just back up a little bit then. Thinking about the track record of marvel games recently yeah and all you get is crystal dynamics is making an avengers game this is I'm not be, excited. you're not excited not by crystal dynamics okay um the only good marvel game recently was spider-man so like every other marvel game like track record wise recently hasn't been good i mean marvel signs are pointing that marvel ultimate alliance 3 is going to be pretty solid we don't know that for sure yet, but signs are pointing that direction. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to play it. I really am. Right. Um, okay. So am I excited about the Avengers game on face value? Yes. Does Crystal Dynamics make me more excited? No. I shouldn't say I'm not excited from Crystal Dynamics. I would say they don't make me more or less excited. Um, also... I've had two years now to be worried about the production of this game because we haven't heard anything for two years. Right. And we didn't even hear anything really two years ago. We nope. saw a th- what 13 second teaser. Right. So, I mean, we, we are no stranger to the game industry. We know what this usually is a sign of. So it has me worried. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what this game is. And I'm hoping they show us what this game is. When do you think this game comes out? I don't know. <laughs> we we're on this. We have this really weird clock right now, right? We have this countdown clock to next gen. Yeah. So if it's not coming out on a next gen console, it needs right. to come out in October. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't. I don't think that it will. You got to imagine though that next gen is you know next fall, right? At this Maybe, point, but people also have some people, uh, myself included, now start to have to start saving up for these things. That's true. That's very true. Like, I'm if I want the next true. Xbox or both, I need to start saving like today. I agree. So that's going to change my purchasing. In fact, I might just buy games on Black Friday and not buy new games. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. Um do I think like Square Enix is thinking about that? Not necessarily <laughs> like I don't know that they're like projecting that, but um We'll have to see what we get because, like, from the rumors, there's been a bunch of different types of rumors of what style this game is going to be. Right? Yeah, there's so many rumors right now about that. And do we want customizable heroes? I don't think in the Avengers game we want customizable heroes. You seem to like it in your Injustice game. Sure, but the implication (laughs) of their customizable versus my adding on a gear set to Batman is a little different. I think. Sure. Um. So I, I don't know. What do you think? Like I'm I'm a little all over the place with my thoughts on this one. Yeah. So I enjoy the Tomb Raider games that Crystal Dynamics did. I really had a lot of fun with them. I don't know. I am cautiously optimistic about this game, but that's because I don't know what the game is yet. If you tell me Crystal Dynamics is making an Avengers game, in my mind, I go, okay, very story focused, 
small levels you play as an Avenger for one, two, or three levels, and then you play as a different Avenger for you know level four, five, and six, or however you look at it. Yeah, that to me, because of the type of games I like to play, is exciting. I don't need co-op. I don't need any of that stuff. Now, I understand the whole point of Avengers is assembling and doing all of that. So that probably doesn't fit with what they want to do or probably what Marvel wants them to do with this game. Uh, So if I think about that perspective, I maybe get a little more pause. But in general, I am interested to see exactly what this project is, what this game is going to be, and everything that they're going to bring to it. I am very curious about it. Uh, Yeah. And I, I do think, yeah, ideally this fall would be great. But I do think this might be a game that we see try to capitalize on the early 2020 possibility of there's a, a lot of games have released in that time frame and done well. So I could see them potentially trying to do that and still have it be current gen, but give them some more time and, and push themselves away from who knows what else is coming out this fall, but we're getting a few things here and there at this point. So yeah, you're right. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this newfound release window for games yeah. that we found this year. So maybe maybe first quarter <laughs> would be good for them. So, all right, and almost to the end here for video games news. EA has announced their E3 2019 streaming schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you might know, EA is not part of E3 technically. They kind of do their own little thing called EA Play at a separate place that happens the weekend before and I think leading up to the actual E3 conference. But on Saturday, instead of having a press conference, they are doing a live stream for a few hours where they are going to talk about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Apex Legends, Battlefield 5, FIFA 20, Madden NFL 20, and The Sims 4. And at this point... And Anthem, right? No, okay, I know. <laughs> no, not an anthem. <laughs> Crazy. That is it, according to the stream schedule. Now, some people say, "Oh, they could put a surprise in there still," but I feel like if you release a schedule and you have a surprise <laughs> or something to announce, you want to put it in the schedule so people watch. Not only that, but their schedule breaks are only that's only thirty minutes for each thing, so they literally couldn't squeeze anything in between any of these. So anyway, what do you think when you look at EA's schedule? Does this excite you? Does this disappoint you? What what are your thoughts? It's like super boring, except for Star Wars. Uh, We're getting a new season season pass announcement for Apex Legends, which is something they could just release on any day of the week. And the people who play it would be just as excited. Uh, We're going to see probably that new map from Battlefield 5 that they've already shown everybody on the internet. Um, I know that EA has a huge fan base with FIFA and Madden, and I'm happy for those people. Um, but that's really what, like that. That's what EA's thing was last year, except they left Madden out, which was weird. Um, so it's fine. I'm not gonna watch. I'm just oh. gonna. I'm just probably gonna watch the recap of Fallen Order. Um, oh, so you won't even watch Fallen Order when it happens? I'll be working, so okay. Um, I just this. Uh, it's likely I won't have a chance to watch it. Okay. If I could watch it live, I'd probably watch Fallen Order and prob- maybe stick around for Apex because it's right after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy Coach gets his Madden day because yeah. he was really bummed they didn't show last year. I don't know a lot of people who play FIFA, uh, but I know a lot of people play it. And I don't know what else they can announce for Sims 4. There's so many DLC packs for that game. Like I thought by now we'd be seeing a sequel. 
that is the one that really sticks out as a little odd. Yeah. But I'm a little disappointed. I I know I'm probably in the minority, and only one person in our Discord really agreed with me. I really want a new Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. <laughs> I really want one, and I thought maybe this year would be the year. But this schedule is not making it seem that way. So, uh, yeah, this is a little underwhelming. Um, but I also think that this this exact schedule is probably the reason PlayStation isn't there. Because their schedule would be, well, we've already seen Death Stranding. We've already seen The Last of Us. We've already seen Ghost of Tsushima. Here's six VR games that 90% of the internet is going to complain about. You know, so I think when I look at this schedule, I get why PlayStation isn't there this year. Maybe. All those games you listed are 10 times more interesting than any of these games on this page, though. Okay. And I think we would want to see more of all those games you listed. Well, I would, but I <laughs> but I know that some people would. Don't, don't, as much as I give Sony crap, don't belittle them to this schedule of a comparison. <laughs> they don't deserve that. <laughs> My apologies. I'm so sorry, Sony. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Sony, our final news story pre-E3 Hey, you know that game that Hideo Kojima was making that everyone said was going to come out in 2021 or 2022? I mean, that game that he created a whole studio around in May that came out in three to four years? Yeah, that one. Death Stranding <laughs> got a new trailer and a release trailer. Well, a release date trailer at that with a November 8th, 2019 release date for the PlayStation exclusive. Now, I have been interested in Death Stranding, not because I'm a huge Hideo Kojima fan. But because everything I watched of it, I said, I have no idea what's going on. And yeah. those things intrigue me. I watched this trailer. Eight minutes long. Eight minutes long. <laughs> I still don't really know what's going on. Yeah. I get to climb a ladder. So that's cool, I guess. And it expands really long. As long as There's, you put it on the right peak, I guess you can climb the right place. <laughs> There's a person named Die Hard Man in the game. Which is pretty great. Because, But just imagine. <laughs> imagine if anyone else created a game with the character die hard man in it and it yeah. wasn't named kojima people would probably laugh at them mm-hmm. and yet everyone they're still laughing i know but they're <laughs> but they're they're laughing and then going oh there's a tour that's yeah. so interesting <laughs> you know yeah. so i'm really interested to see what this game is i have no idea if it's going to be any good at all but i am very interested because this game just seems super odd and super weird and i am looking forward to playing it in november Hmm. What say you, good sir? Does this surprise you? Or are you interested in Death Stranding? It looks incredible. Like, it really does. I'm very impressed by the visuals, um, obviously the voice acting. I really am impressed with the facial animations. Yeah. And, and especially because we have generalities to like draw off of, so we know what these people should look like when they're talking. <laughs> so I think that it would probably draw more criticism, but they look great. Right. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 excited to watch you know 25 minute cutscenes for 48 hours of my life straight. <laughs> uh, it it looks crazy. It looks interesting. Um, and while everything you kind of said like about like Kojima and his like design style is like definitely weird and quirky, you you can't not say like not you specifically about people that these games. They have their own appeal on an artistic level alone. Yeah. And now you're removing Solid Snake, which was what, you know, gives someone this like something to hold on to. Like when people were mad, remember Metal Gear when you play as Raiden for the whole game? Yeah. <laughs> and people like you play as Snake for 30 minutes and every trailer for the game had you playing as Snake. Yep. 
people were mad, but then all of a sudden people love the game because the game still played great. Right. So I'm excited to like, I think that trailer sold me on the game, um, on how weird it was. And, uh, I wasn't really sold on the game before that trailer, but I, I really think this will be a game that I get on day one. Yeah. So start the fall starting to shape up. We got death stranding in November, call of duty in October, the new ghost recon October. Is October? What's the name 25th, of it? 25th. Uh, Ghost Recon. Oh. Anyway, the new Ghost Recon game. <laughs> so, yeah. The with an R. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the the fall starting to shape up. We were very R&D. much coming into this year not knowing what fall 2019 was going to look like. And now we are starting to get a little more clarity. Well, Josh, that has been basically an hour and a half of board game and video game news. We did a great job. That was a lot of stuff. So how about we kind of work our way towards the end of the show? Breakpoint. Breakpoint. There we go. (laughs) Sorry, I had to look it up. No, that's fine. That's (laughs) fine. So, Josh, while we're clearly a gaming podcast, we always want to leave folks at the end of the podcast with something else that we're into, something else that we're doing or enjoying that's helping us live a well-rounded life. Mm -hmm. So, sir, what is your recommendation for our dear listeners this week? I changed mine. I had something else written in. Um, my recommendation is going to be a podcast this week. <clears throat> it is called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And uh, you should listen to it. It's Can we apply game. to be his friend? You No, he, he is looking for a friend. He's not looking for people who want to be his friend. He wants famous friends. Oh. Not, not you. <laughs> or oh, me. Ouch. That hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean... That's what celebrities' life is all about. I guess so. Uh, the premise of the show, the podcast, is um, you know he does his TV show and he doesn't really get to talk to his guests for very long. And he also found himself not having very many uh, close friends in real life, um, and being in the celebrity life. So uh, the premise of the show is to have people on that he wants to be friends with, um, and kind of you get like the Howard Stern. Uh, in an interview instead of the Conan O'Brien interview. So you get a 30 to 40 minute interview with this person and it's him and that person pretty much one-on-one is like a producer and his assistant are in the room during it, mm-hmm. providing you with like the laughing. Um, but uh, what what started off as like a, what I thought would be like a funny podcast, which it is, there's also like great interviews in there. In fact, he did an interview with Howard Stern and it was awesome. He did one with um, Bob Newhart and this guy who do, writes. Um, he wrote a book on Lyndon B. Johnson. He writes about um, all these all, like famous presidents or politicians and things like that. And that was a great interview. Um, and then there's like crazy funny ones like Will Ferrell and Ray Romano. Um, he did one with Hannah Gatsby, who I watched her Nanette, um, mm-hmm. Netflix, and that was the new one. And I think she's very good. So Oops, uh, it still has its humor, but he's uh, he, he does a great job. And, and you get even some one of the people he was talking to, they were like, this Conan is different. I like like this Conan, like you're very relaxed and personable. Like on the show, he's like very like what you know as Conan O'Brien, like very energetic and all over the place. Um, so it's very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And you mentioned it really briefly, but Hannah Gadsby's Nanette special on Netflix. Yeah. 
Oh, man, that is that is an easy recommend to watch. Wow. Uh, my recommendation this week is a book, uh, or a book, the start of a book series, I guess, a book trilogy. I feel like all books have to be trilogies these days. I don't think that that has to be. Just do one book. I'm okay with it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like most people try to write trilogies these days. Yes, Let's go with I, that. I agree with you. Um, so after the end of Game of Thrones, I was kind of trying to find a, another fantasy realm to get lost in. And after some digging, I got recommended the first book in the in the first law trilogy and that's called the blade itself by joe abercrombie and this i'm not gonna i don't want to kind of dive too much into the book other than to say if you enjoy a fantasy novel this is probably going to be a good novel for you to potentially check out and that the reason i like it is it doesn't really fit a lot of the tropes of the genre as far as who the characters are so if you are looking for fantasy but maybe not the same wizard barbarian-y type tropes that we're used to uh i think you might enjoy this i'm not super far into it i'm probably about a third of the way through the book but i'm enjoying it i have read it every day since i started reading it which is uh not something that often happens for me with books so it's definitely keeping my interest and and i am very interested to see where it goes it's rated very highly so it's a series I had never heard of until it was recommended to me. It wasn't one of the ones on my list. And then it has like a 4.3 or something on Goodreads, oh. which is pretty darn high. So I decided to jump into it. So far, like I said, I have not finished it, but I'm really enjoying my time with it. That's The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie. Josh, cool. we have had a long show all about news. What, what do you say we wrap this show up? Okay, but first I'm going to look up the blade itself. Okay. Well, really quickly while you do that then, just so you know, dear listener, PSVG is going to be your home for all the coverage you could possibly need for E3 this coming week. Uh, We will be doing live reacts to most of the conferences. There will be reaction podcasts after the fact to most of them as well. Uh, Josh is, I think, doing Xbox, question mark? You know... (laughs) <laughs> I got sent a list. I didn't know and talk to me about doing it. So I guess I'm doing it. I got to find someone to watch my kid. <laughs> so Josh is doing some stuff. I'll be doing, Bethesda. I'll be doing Bethesda for sure. Maybe more. Uh, but yeah, any of your needs when it comes to E3 PSVG has you covered in the coming week. So be on the lookout for a ton of content. We will still be doing a normal show next week. So we'll still record our show as usual. And we are going to be recapping our top five favorite things from e3 so that'll kind of be our focus for the bulk of the show we'll talk a little bit about what we're playing as well but we'll really be focusing on what our five favorite things from e3 were so with that josh let's wrap things up let's do it thanks for joining us everyone uh and just in addition oh boy to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with vg you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board with vg so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there pretty please also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're not feeling social media, feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, uh, so please use that hashtag as well. Uh, thank you for our listeners who are currently doing that. Uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. 
at why so serious that's s-i-r-r-i-u-s and then find me everywhere else i dare you not don't find me in my home but find me on other social <laughs> media kyle where can people find you so you can find me at all of the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek all at cyclocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s as always if you have suggestions for future topics be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about and remember everyone whether it be board games or video games never stop gaming